Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash RS. Welcome to r slash true off my chest, where OP catches his mom naked with his uncle. Our next Reddit post is from Half Affectionate, and the title is, get this guys, everyone caught my mom naked with my uncle at the party. I'm embarrassed to even share this here. From the beginning, my wife and my mom never got along. My wife hated my mom, and my mom also didn't like my wife at all so I try my best to keep them separated. This happened last weekend when we celebrated my wife's parents' 30th anniversary at their house. My mom was also invited, so everyone was there, aunts, uncles, etc. My mom got drunk, and my wife asked her to go rest in the room. My mom agreed. Within 20 to 30 minutes, we heard loud noises of a woman shouting, and geez, it was my aunt shouting at my mom. Because apparently my aunt caught her husband, my uncle, and my mom naked, passionately hugging in the room. So that means the aunt is the sister, so the mom was sleeping with her brother-in-law and not her actual brother-brother. Okay, that makes it slightly better. Still pretty bad, still actually terrible, but, you know, a little bit better. Mom was totally drunk and wasn't even able to get dressed again. (laughs) My, My uncle was somehow quick to put his pants on again. I felt like leaving the party because of the humiliation. My aunt and my uncle's daughters were also at the party. Oh my god. My aunt slapped my mom hard multiple times. She didn't let my mom put her clothes back on and ripped them up to humiliate her. My wife's parents also insulted my mom, calling her a homewrecker and asking her to leave immediately. It was a shit show! 
My wife left the scene and asked me to handle my mom, so I handled her, dropping her off at her apartment. But now I think, why did no one say anything to my uncle? She wasn't the only one who was doing it, right? He was married and his wife was there, as well as his daughters. But now everyone's just blaming my mom and calling her a whore, but no one humiliates the uncle, so how is that fair? Also, in an edit, OP clarifies that his mom is single and divorced for more than 10 years. Yo, OP, alright, okay. Listen, buddy, I don't know how to say this to you, but the real problem here isn't that everyone is shaming your mom. The real problem is that your uncle R-worded your mom. If she's that drunk, so drunk that she had to go lay down in another room to recover, and so drunk that she can't even get dressed, consent is way out of the question. This is assault. This is a felony. The severe sexism in this story makes me think that this story probably didn't take place in America. Because, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, we got some pretty bad sexism here. But the fact that everyone immediately went to blaming the woman makes me think this is, a, this is probably a very repressed culture this comes from. Our next Reddit post is from Other Glove. Who knew that all I had to do was give them my blessing for my husband and his mistress to break up? I've known about my husband's infidelity for 10 months now, and he almost missed the birth of our baby. We had a planned C-section, but our daughter decided that she couldn't wait, and I called him all morning, confused and terrified, in pain, because I was scheduled for my C-section two weeks later. My mom finally got a hold of him. When he showed up, he smelled disgusting. He was smelling of a perfume that I really hate. He looked more guilty than excited, and he smelled disgusting. Anyway, when we got home, I looked at his phone, and I found out about them. I don't know how he's been able to fool me, or was I just blind? I told him that I knew, and he tried to deny it, but I didn't argue. When I didn't argue, he probably felt relieved that I dropped it, or maybe he thought that I believed him. One day, he came home late smelling of that perfume again, and I broke down crying, begging him to stop, to choose our family, to choose me. I love you. He denied it again, and again, I didn't argue. I told him that I hated what he was doing, and that I hated her disgusting perfume. I don't think it mattered to him because he was working late again, not even a week later. The day after New Year's Day, I took my kids to town because I convinced myself that I needed to do some shopping. I found myself walking around his office around lunchtime looking inside restaurants. I thought that after the holidays kept him and his mistress apart, they'd be wanting to have lunch together on their first day of work. My heart was racing and my stomach was churning. I thought if I saw them together, I would faint or even die, but none of this happened. I found them as I expected, in the restaurant that he used to take me to whenever I visited him. I was surprised that the hurt and the humiliation that I was expecting and fearing didn't come. Instead, I felt calm and relief, like something big and heavy was lifted from my heart. I even felt embarrassed that he was as predictable as I thought. I think I stopped having any feelings for him right at that moment. The entire restaurant reeked of that perfume, or maybe I just imagined it. I told them that I wasn't there to cause trouble, but that I needed to see it for myself. I told her that she'd won, and now she could have him. I told my husband that if he followed after me, I would scream, because I could tell he was about to follow after me. When he got home, he wanted to talk. I told him that I wasn't angry or hurt anymore. He could go be with her. For almost two weeks now, they've been arguing and fighting over text because he ended the affair. I will never understand how some people function. 
Why weren't my tears and cries enough for him to end it, but my blessings were? OP, I think what's going on here is part of the allure of their affair is it's scandalous. You know, it's a secret that only those two have. And when they're together, their heart's racing because, ooh, what if they get caught? And now it's just the game's over. You know, it's not fun anymore. They've been caught. So now, instead of relying on the thrill of their illicit affair, they have to rely on, well, each other's winning personalities. And, well, when two scummy people have to rely on each other's scummy personalities to be entertained, I guess the relationship isn't going to last that much longer. Our next Reddit post is from Holiday Gourmet Turkey. I'm a 27-year-old woman, and I've been with my 28-year-old boyfriend, Jay, for five years. We've been very close with each other's families, and we've even talked about marriage. However, one touchy subject is children. Whenever we discuss it, he gets kind of standoffish. He doesn't really dismiss the idea, though. It's just he doesn't seem invested. I've always wanted kids, and he just always says he's fine with whatever makes me happy. Ever since, I've been content with the situation. However, things escalated during the holiday season. Our setup has always been that Jay spends Christmas Eve and dinner with my family, then I spend Christmas Day with his family. This was the first Christmas that I'll spend with my first and only niece, a two-year-old girl named Anna. She spent her first Christmas in the hospital due to a health condition, but she's okay now. So this time around, I made sure to spend a lot of time with her. We played a lot, we opened gifts together, and I even reenacted Anna's favorite storybook using her favorite doll. We even had matching outfits. My sister Amy thanked me for giving her and her husband some relief from childcare the entire day. However, Amy also said that she noticed Jay, who was either sitting on the couch watching me or helping my mom with the dishes, and he was kinda distant with Anna. I told her that I've also noticed that before, and I just chalked it up to maybe Jay was hesitant and awkward to play with Anna because he feels like he's just my boyfriend. Then Amy said that she wouldn't mind, since she and her husband already treat Jay as part of our family. I then went back to Jay and encouraged him to play with Anna and help us set up her new dollhouse, but he said that he wasn't feeling too well. He ended up drinking a few more beers and stayed on the porch by himself, scrolling on his phone. I didn't press harder, and I thought that he just might be feeling under the weather. I just want to add for context that no, Jay is not an alcoholic. He's a sweet, wonderful, funny man who's sometimes broody and deep in his thoughts, but he's never abusive, manipulative, or moody, and he only drinks on special occasions. The next day, Christmas Day, we had lunch with Jay's family. Afterward, I volunteered for cleanup to help Jay's mom and brother. Jay's family is the best in-law family that I could ever hope for. They're sweet and supportive of us, but they're never prying. They always check up on us, but they never overstep. So as we were cleaning up, Mary asked me how my sister's baby was. I told them that Anna's in great condition now and that she already spent the Christmas at home. They were very delighted upon hearing this. Then I shared with them the thing that I noticed about Jay. I thought that maybe Mary could give me advice on how to approach the issue with Jay since he's clearly not the playing with kids kind of guy. But then Jay's brother casually said something like, oh, because of Rosie. Then Mary quickly shushed him. Rosie was the daughter of Jay and John's eldest sister, Beth. I never knew the actual details because everyone was very secretive about it, but all I knew was that Rosie passed away when she was just three years old, and that Beth and her husband moved away afterwards. I never met them in person. So later that night, when Mary, John, and the other family members got a bit more drunk and Jay was already sleeping in the bedroom, they told me the story. I didn't force them to or anything. 
Apparently, Jay, being the youngest of the siblings, was really close to Rosie back then. Jay was around 14 years old when Rosie was born, so he became the super fun uncle. Kinda like how I am with Anna. He was actually Rosie's best friend. Then, in the summer of 2012, Jay was playing with Rosie outside. He was blowing bubbles and Rosie was chasing them and popping them. Then, a speeding car, driven by a woman who was distracted on her phone, skidded into the yard towards Rosie's direction. Jay reacted quickly and- oh my god. Okay, this story's getting rough. Okay. Jay reacted quickly and was able to reach and grab Rosie so that the car actually hit him, but the impact of the crash caused Rosie's head to whiplash as Jay hugged her. Jay was in a coma for three days and had multiple severe injuries and internal bleeding, but Rosie didn't make it. Everything was caught by the neighbor's CCTV, so everyone knew that Jay was a hero for trying to protect Rosie. It was even covered by the local news. But Beth, who was understandably in grief, resented Jay for not being able to save- Oh, oh, okay. Oh, man. Alright, sorry guys. Man, now that I'm a dad, these stories hit me different. Okay. Beth resented Jay for not being able to save her daughter. Beth and her husband then decided to move to another country to cope with their grief and start a new life, and they've had minimal contact with the family ever since. Jay, meanwhile, took the loss really hard. He blamed himself for not being able to save Rosie and not being able to attend her funeral since he was still in the hospital at the time. Mary said that Jay was never the same after that. He never went near kids and he became a lot colder, quieter, more reserved, and antisocial. He also had anger issues, but it thankfully went away. Personally, I've never encountered his anger issues. We also live in an area where people don't believe in therapy, so Jay never received professional help. After learning all this, I bawled my eyes out because I knew that Jay was carrying such a heavy burden. The whole incident became a taboo family secret that no one mentions in fear of Jay breaking down or doing something that he might regret. Although, to be fair, he's never had violent or self-harm tendencies ever since, so this was just a precaution. They also never told me before because they assumed that Jay would be the one to tell me, but I told them that he never did and that I never really asked him. I then thanked everyone for letting me in on this, and I told them that I'd talk to Jay about it when the time is right. They understood, and they said that I could just ring them up if I need help or support in any way. For now, I just want Jay to enjoy the holidays and his remaining vacation days from work. Oh man, that story was rough. I can't even imagine the guilt that Jay must feel about his niece. Always wondering, what if we had played inside that day? What if I'd blown the bubbles to the left instead of to the right? What if I'd been a little bit faster or a little bit stronger? And then, oh man, this is rough. This, is, this was a rough one. The one silver lining I can see from this OP is that it seems like Jay is just a genuinely good person. He's objectively a hero who would put the life of a little girl above his own. So you have a keeper, OP. I hope that you and him are able to work through this trauma together, and hopefully he'll be able to get past it and eventually have a baby with you. But you should be aware, OP, that trauma this deep may not ever get healed, and he may never be able to have a baby with you. I just, man, I hope it works out because you seem so sweet and he seems so sweet. Our next Reddit post is from No Incident. I drank my wife's breast milk, and now I'm concerned. I'm a 29-year-old male, and our child is currently 6 months old, and my wife lactates all the time. She sometimes experiences pain in her breasts, so I tried to help her once by sucking the milk out, which caused her great relief. It was a great experience for me as well. But now, she's turned it into a weird fetish. 
Every other night, she asked me to drink more. I mean, I'm not complaining, but I'm worried for our child because it's his primary source of nutrition and I feel like I'm committing a sin. What should I do? <laughs> r slash off my chest? Nah, OP. More like r slash off her chest. OP, if... <laughs> just, just lean into it, my dude. You like it, she likes it, so as far as I can tell, you hit the jackpot, OP, so just, <laughs> you know, milk the situation for all it's worth. That was r slash true off my chest, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.